Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, everybody. Come on, somebody. It's a new year. It's a new year. Hey, not only is it a new year, it's a new decade. I've been hearing a lot about that. We just ended a decade, and I'm excited what God has for us. So it's here. So off we go running. Some of us are excited for the new year. Some are just excited. It's not 2019 any longer. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. Here's what we know. God has great stuff ahead of us. Amen? And so we're going to move forward, and we're going to start today. So, hey, great job coming out the first Sunday of the year. Man, keep going. Establish some things right now. Because here's the reality is, it won't be a better year than last year, naturally, unless it's a better year than last year spiritually. I mean, that's just the truth of it. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And then in February, we'll get into a couple other things like vision casting. I know 2020 vision and all that. I really have some things on my heart I want to share the next few weeks to just get us ready. How do we enter a new year? What is it going to take from you and I? What do we need to do to move ahead with all that God has for us? But listen, here's what I want to do before we go any farther. It is a new year. We're entering 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we need to be determined to position ourselves for what God has. But we need to be serious about what's happening, and not only in us and through us, but in our world. And so I want you to join me as I lead us in prayer. It's a new year, so I want to declare some things. I want to pray some things out over our country. Come on, somebody, over our president. Come on, over our lives. We... Hey, the church needs to engage in fast and prayer for so many reasons, but we need to on behalf of our country and things that are happening here, amen? It's still the greatest country on the planet, but the church needs to rise up and take authority over some things, declare some things, pray some things. So let's, before we get any farther, let's take a moment, join me in this. Father, we just thank you for a new year that you're doing a new thing. It means new opportunities and new beginnings, Father God, and we celebrate that. And we thank you for what's in store for us. And we declare right now, this will be our best year ever in Jesus' name. This will be our best year for our marriages, our best year for our families, our best year for our children's, our best year for our health, our best year for our finances. This will be the best year for our nation, the best year for our leaders in Jesus' name. And we are not moved by what we see, Father God, but we are only moved by your word. And we boldly declare your word. And we say this year, 2020, is going to be unlike any other in the mighty name of Jesus. And we position ourselves, Father God, for an outpouring of your power and presence. And we thank you, Father God, that we have ears to hear what you're saying to your church. And so we will be the people, Father God, that will stand tall in the midst of a storm and we will declare the goodness of God. And so, Father, we thank you for it and we just agree in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, come on, everybody. You ready for that? Amen. I'm really excited to get going, so I don't want to take a whole lot of time on announcements, but I do want to just remind you that as we start the year, as we do for the last several years, we started with prayer and fasting. I know that not a whole lot of yays when Pastor Dave said fasting, but I want to encourage you, Ed is so important, and I want to encourage everybody that calls Tree of Life home to just engage in some capacity with us. You can find information about that on our website. Um, our prayer times are going to be 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, Saturday at 9, corporate prayer, powerful prayer. I know not everybody can make it, but can I say it's worth the sacrifice, and God honors the sacrifice. Adjustments and schedules, come when you can, and when you can't, you can go online at 6 a.m. and see how to join us in that moment in your home. You're getting ready for work, getting the kids ready, whatever that looks like. You can stream that and be a part of it with us. Uh, You can find fasting information and resources, and what does that mean? What does that look like? And I really feel led these next couple weeks, I'm going to teach about it because it's such a powerful discipline. 
I wanted to start off the year on a big vision casting message, and at the beginning of February, we're going to do all that, and you'll hear about that leading up to it. But I really, well, what I really felt God was asking me to do is to really position us. I haven't taught on fasting in a while, but it's so powerful. I, I believe that you'll open your heart up in here today uh, to position you for an incredible year. Because we know just because it's a new year, it doesn't mean it's a new you. And the reality for your year to be better than last year, it's not a new year, it's a new you that makes a difference. God gives us the opportunity, God gives us the ability to, but there's some things that you and I need to do. And and my job is to get you ready, to help you see those things that we need to work on, because we have a part to play in that. Um, If it's up to God, everything would be brand new. In a sense, I say that he gave you the ability to choose. So he's done his part. And so he's not going to force you into anything. My hope is that you'll be inspired to make some choices that will position you for the best year ever in Jesus' name. And then it is the first of the year. So it's the first Sunday, which means Mission Sunday. Let's start off strong. Let's start off getting ready and uh, make some commitments with our finances and then supporting our missions around the world. And especially important before we start our fast, you can load up on pounds of brisket. I, I think going into a fast... You need to store up a little bit, right? Store up a little bit, carry over a few days. So enjoy all that out there. Take advantage of it. Uh, the rest of you will see at Golden Corral. I know, just kidding. I'm just, I never go there. But so, and, and, uh, and, and I think it's interesting tonight at sundown, it really starts at sundown tonight and it ends the morning of the 26th. That's where the word breakfast comes from. It's break fast. It's when you start eating again. And so the morning of that day. And so we're going to enjoy um, sacrifices. We're going to enjoy some spiritual disciplines and see what God will do. It's always significant. So join with us. All right, let's get started. Isaiah 43. I'm terrible at titles. I'm terrible at series titles and sermon titles. I just can't stand it. I sent my notes a, a, a day or two before I sent a title kind of last minute. Okay, put this on there. And, and really the title came from um, a Saturday, a, a road trip I had. I I went to see a friend that had some surgery and they live a, a little bit of ways and I was coming back into town and, and uh, I was coming, the way I was coming in, I, I got an I-10 and it was going uh, towards Seguin. I was going to exit and go 46 into New Braunfels. And, and so I got behind this lady on I-10 and she was in front of me. And, and I just want to say right here, a little disclaimer, I just want to bear my soul. Confession is good for the soul. Those of you that are here for the first time looking for a church, just make, factor into your decision making. But um, I, I, there's something different when I get behind the wheel. I'm barely saved when I get behind the wheel, like that right there. I don't know. And I'm definitely not a pastor. I'm not a pastor behind the wheel. This is my wife and daughters at times. What if that person goes to church? And I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, I don't know. What do you do with that? I don't know. And God bless them, I guess. Get them out of the way, though. I don't know. You know, whatever. <laughs> so I had one of those experiences, which is pretty common for me. And I, I got behind the wheel. I'm behind this lady. She pulls in front of me. We, we exit 10 and we get to the light. We got to turn left to go on 46 in New Braunfels. And uh, the light turns green and she's just not moving. She's sitting there and Light's green, and she's sitting there, and sitting there, and sitting there, and light's green, and I'm fixing to just not give her a little polite beep, beep. I'm fixing to lay on the horn. And I'm like, because I'm impatient with all that, because I know she's on her phone, and I'm like, I need one of those cruise ship horns right there that's going to blow her windows out. I don't want a, a polite little beep, beep. I'm like, ah, keep going, lady. And so she gets going right when I'm reaching for the horn, and she gets going, and lucky for her, and uh, she, she turns. Just because of traffic, I couldn't get around her, so I'm behind her at the very next light. And so same thing happens. Are you serious? I mean, she must have been in a text conversation or something. And same thing happens and we get moving again. And by this time, I'm just really frustrated. We get to another light just a little ways up. I couldn't get around her because of traffic. And actually she moved over. Then she moved back in front of me, cut me off, which was worse. Like you need to do anything else, lady. And And, uh, so she's at the light. And the last time I couldn't take it. I made sure I, whatever, I, I broke some laws, speeding, forgive me, officers, and got around her. 
And I got next to her, and she ended up next to me at this, at this next light, and I couldn't help myself. And I'm glad I wasn't wearing my Tree of Life shirt or hat or anything like that. <laughs> Thinking about borrowing some other church uh, merchandise to wear around town when I drive. Just kidding. And so I'm looking at, her, at the light, and she's on her phone at the light. And I'm just like this. Seriously, I do this. You ask my family, I'm just like, I'll do that all the time. If you're in front of me, I'll like this and do that. And actually, I'm, really, I'm glad, but I'm not glad. I'm glad she didn't look over at me, but in, you know, still made me, made me feel better. So I get to my wife and daughter, we have lunch, and then my wife and I are gonna go see movies. So she rode with my daughter, so now she's in the car with me. And we're leaving Creekside, which is a nightmare. And so um, I, it, was the, it was the day that all the bad drivers were out. That's what I was thinking. Really, God, either God's trying to teach me something or the devil's really out for me today or whatever. So you get behind these two ladies as we're exiting, and she's in front of us, and there's nobody coming. She can turn right, she can turn left, she can go straight. Nobody coming. She doesn't have a blinker on, and she's just sitting there. And I'm like, which way are you going, lady? You don't have a blinker on, go straight. And I'm thinking, you could have gone a hundred times. I could have gone a hundred times, backed up, gone, backed up, gone, backed up, gone. You want me to get out and move the car for you? We have plenty of time for that. So I'm sitting there, I'm frustrated. I'm just griping to my wife and stuff. And she turns right, no blinker, just turns right. You could have done that five minutes ago. And then she turns left and goes back the other way. She had no idea where she's going. And I thought to myself, well, I thought a lot of things to myself, but what I want to share with you now is, the one thing I can share with you is, uh, I thought, that's us, that's life. And I think sometimes we have to be careful because we can go into this year with our head down, distracted on, What's, what, what has happened, right? I mean, her head was on the phone distracted. Or, or are we going this year not really knowing, indecisive, not knowing where we're going, but yet God has a very definite plan for our life. He has a definite purpose, a definite direction for us to go. And we can make good decisions. We can make the right decisions. And we don't have to be wishy-washy and indecisive and wonder if this is right, this is wrong. Should I turn here? Should I turn there? We can know what God is saying and speaking to us. And so I just, my message title, all I have to say is, uh, the series title rather, it's time. And so it's time for us not to be distracted with the past. It's time for us to be decisive in our decision-making for our future. And so there's a couple ways that that happens. And honestly, as we're, as we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting or launching into that, I think one of the best ways, one of the least practiced ways, probably one of the things we know the least about and probably stay away from the most, really is the spiritual discipline of fasting. And I think we just don't really understand it. And I know it's probably not... I'm your visitor today. I want to come check out. Let's go to church the first Sunday of the year. It's gonna, and we're going to Tree Life and talking about fasting. Well, I'm not going back to that place. Or, you know. And I just ask you, just stay, hang in there. We're really trying to, I, I, I want to equip you and, and help position you for what God has for you. And so that's my job. And so I want to share uh, this morning kind of a, well, not kind of a message on uh, the power of fasting and prayer and how to apply it to our everyday life for us for direction. And so we got to start, we have to start in Isaiah 43 at the new year. Here's what he says, verse 18, 19. Here's the prophet Isaiah wrote, do not remember the former things. Don't distracted with the past. Okay, that's easy to say. But God gives us the power to be able to do that. Choices we have to make. And he says, nor consider the things of old. Let's move forward now. Let's let the past. It could have been your best year. It could have been your worst year. Here we are moving forward. Behold, I love the word behold because it's like he's trying to get our attention. He's like, hey, 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 forget the past. Hey, hey, get off your phone. Hey, 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 look up for a second. Quit being distracted for a minute. Behold, hey, let me get your attention. Snap, honk. And he's not just a little beep, beep. He's like, honk, really, like that big old trucker horn right there. He's like, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't be distracted with the past. We're moving forward from here. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it springs forth. And listen to what he says, now. I'm doing it now. It's like, well, 2020 is going to have great opportunities for me. I hope there's chances for me to advance. I hope there's some positive things. No, no, no. He says, now, right now. 
Now, you got to get off your phone and you got to listen to him as he's leading you into the new thing. He goes, shall you not know it? And he asks you a question. He goes, are you ready? Are you willing to see it? Are you willing to hear it? Are you willing to put the phone down for a second? Are you willing to be a little bit decisive and make some decisions in line with what I'm trying to do in your life? And let me say it this way. It's important to understand that because we all want the new thing, but we don't want to change. You realize there is no new thing without a new you? A new year can be just like the old year. A new year can be worse than the old, a new year can be worse than the old year. It's not about a new year as much as it is about a new you. And you don't experience new things if you're the old you. And so there's things that we need to do that we can find here in the scripture through the principles of prayer and fasting that will help us. Um, and it's interesting that, that he asked that question. And I want to ask that question. Can you see it? Can you perceive it? And I think sometimes I turn to right and turn to left. Should I go straight? I don't know. I'm turning without my blinker and I'm going to go here anyways. And, and I think there's some things that we can do according to the scripture, the word of God, to help us find that and become that new you, if you will, what God wants. But you're going to have to do something. And then look at Isaiah 58. Jump ahead a couple of passages and uh, chapters rather in Isaiah 58, 6. And listen to this. Isaiah said, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Listen, I chose to do this. Come on, somebody. I chose. It doesn't just happen. These new things and stuff don't just happen. These new opportunities don't just happen. You choose. You choose if you turn right. You choose if you go straight. You choose if you turn left. You choose if you put your phone down. He says, I chose this fast to loose the bonds of wickedness. If you want bonds of wickedness loose, there's some things that you're going to have to do this year that maybe you didn't do last year or maybe to another degree. He says, I choose this fast to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and, you, and that you break every yoke. He says, I'm choosing to do some things that will result in this. I'm not just going to cruise into 2020 and hope that it gets better. I'm not just holding on to new thing, God, new thing, God, new thing, God. I'm going to do some new me things, some things that'll help me become new, if you will. And I'm not meaning, I'm not meaning being born again. If you're not born again, that's your starting point. If you're not saved, if you are, I'm talking about there's still things in you that you need to do. We can't keep living life and doing the same old, same old, if you will. I chose to fast. So take a look in Luke 4. Luke 4. Jesus is our example. He goes into the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting. We're only doing 21. <laughs> He's going 40 days of prayer and fasting. He's just been baptized. He goes into the water. He's been on the planet for 30 years. Goes in the water, is baptized, comes up, heaven opens up. God's voice from heaven says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descends. He goes out into the wilderness, 40 days of prayer and fasting. And here's what it says in verses 1 and 2, Luke 4. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. He was fasting. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Well, that's what the result is typically. But Jesus, here's what I want you to know. Jesus understood that fasting and prayer produced something in his life that didn't come any other way. I mean, up to this point in time, Jesus has not done any miracles. He hasn't healed anybody. He hasn't raised the dead. He hasn't preached in a sense. He hasn't done anything in a sense to impact someone's life in the way that we know Jesus. His ministry, in fact, hasn't really officially started. But before he entered a new season, before he entered a new mission, if you will, he went out to wilderness for prayer and fasting. 
Jesus obviously knew something that we need to learn. Even though he was God, he was man, and he needed to position himself or do some things he hadn't necessarily done before to make sure that he was positioned for his purpose. And he said, Jesus understood that fasting and prayer produced something in his life that didn't come any other way. Now, if it was necessary for Jesus and Jesus modeled it, why would it not be necessary for you and I to apply these spiritual disciplines to our life? We want a new thing, then maybe we should do a new thing. We should try a new thing, or we should do it in a new way, or maybe we should take it to a new level, but we need to prepare ourselves for what we are to do. So Jesus models fasting and prayer and that they were necessary to produce what was needed for his life in ministry. Some things will not come in your life, if you will, without fasting and prayer. This is the example that we have. This is the model. This is the lesson. There are some things that we will never attain without this spiritual discipline. If Jesus felt it was necessary, how much more for you and I? It's not just denying yourself food, if you will. There's other principles to that. It's preparing yourself for the purpose that he has for your life and for this new year. And some of us experiencing the same old, same old, perhaps because we have not engaged or applied this spiritual principle to our life. And we keep wanting to go to that next level or wanting to go to that new experience or opportunity, but yet we're not engaging in these things that have been modeled by Jesus. So let's take a look at Luke 5, because Luke 5 gives us another picture. Luke 5 brings us back to fasting. And here's what it says in 33 through 35. It says this, then, and this is uh, the disciples, uh, John, uh, talking to Jesus about his disciples. Then they said to him, to Jesus, why do the disciples of John fast? Or these are the, the religious people rather talking to him. Why do the disciples of John fast and make prayers? And likewise, those are the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. I mean, why, why are all these other disciples fasting and denying themselves things? And yours are partying. Yours are drinking and eating all the time, which is why Jesus had the bigger following, by the way. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. And so, <laughs> well, with that guy. And so, and then verse 34, and he said to them, this is Jesus' response now. He said to them, they're asking him, why don't you fast? Why don't your disciples fast? Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? Says, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast in those days. Now listen to what Jesus is saying because this is great revelation. I hope if you get nothing else, you get this revelation today. Jesus is saying that my followers don't need to fast while I'm physically present because while I'm physically present, they have access to me. They have my, they, they hear me. They, they see me. They, they, they uh, engage with me. We, we fellowship together. We, we do things together. We encourage each other. We, we're there to support each other. We're, we're, we're there physically, tangibly next to each other. So then Jesus says, while I'm here, they don't need to do that. But when I'm gone and they long for me and they miss me, and they say, I wish Jesus was here. I wish I could feel like I felt when Jesus was here. Jesus would know exactly what to say right now. And this wouldn't be happening if Jesus was, was here. I wouldn't feel it. He says, when I'm gone, how they get that feeling of my presence with them again is by fasting. I mean, are you reading the same passage I'm reading? I mean, he says, while I'm physically here, everything they need about my presence is here with them. But when I'm gone, everything they'll need about my presence will be with them when they fast. Now, I know, because here's what the pushback is. I know that he's with us all the time, but we don't always experience him like we should unless we deny ourselves of some things that get in the way. 
that become distractions, right? Because we got our head down looking at the phone. We got other things going on. So Jesus says, fasting helps you feel like I'm right there with you. I'm right. Can I tell you that fasting should never be relegated just to the beginning of January? Fasting should be every time you don't feel God's with you. Fasting should be every time you feel like you need to hear his voice. Fasting should be like every time that you're sad, every time you're depressed. Fasting should be every time that you just need to feel the presence of God in your life in a greater measure. Some of us need to fast before we go to work sometimes, or we got some meetings coming up, or we really need to hear the, if Jesus was right here, I'd love to ask him this, and yes, you can pray, but you know what, you can fast too, and deny yourself of a few things that will help position you to hear him and feel him in a greater capacity. Fasting is something we should do on a regular basis. In fact, we should probably do it regularly, and then we should do it when there's those times that warrant. We need just a bit more of a connect. Because fasting disconnects you from the world in a greater capacity and prayer connects you to God in a greater capacity. So Jesus models that fasting and prayer were necessary. And then in this passage of scripture, he says, it is a way that you feel him in a greater capacity than you do perhaps at other times. And so Jesus is implying that through fasting that we would, they would, in fact, addressing the disciples, they would regain what they lost when his bodily presence was not with them. I love that. I love that idea that we can fast and we can feel and experience his presence in a greater capacity in our life. So when he would be gone, they would have those feelings and those feelings, and Jesus is saying, those would go when we engage in that fasting. So Jesus implies that fasting will give you that same sense of his presence. Can I tell you, I'm in. I'm in. I can give up a few things to feel that sense of God's presence in my life in a greater capacity. I mean, and not just because I need something, but because I just need to feel his presence in a greater capacity in my life sometimes. But he's always here, but we will, listen, we will become more aware of his presence. And fasting is not trying to get more of God. God's accessible. God's given everything. Fasting is getting God more of you. And you're engaging him in a greater capacity. It's like, let me illustrate this way. 2 Kings 4. I love this illustration for so many reasons. I think it's fitting here. 2 Kings 4, 3 through 6 in this story. There's a widow woman who ran out of oil, couldn't pay her bills. The creditors were coming to get her sons. She met the prophet. The prophet told her what to do. Go get a bunch of vessels. She had a vessel of oil. Start pouring it into the vessels and it will fill them up. And here's where we pick up the story in verse 3. Then he said, the prophet, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. What I want you to know in this story, heaven has no shortage of oil. Fasting is not trying to get God to give you more. Fasting is trying to get you to give God more of you. So listen to this story. There's no shortage of things in heaven. There's no shortage of oil, which is representation of the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing. There's no shortage of healings. There's no shortage of the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no shortage of miracles. There's no shortage of freedom. There's no shortage of restoration. There's no shortage of whatever you need. There's no shortage of that from God. You're not trying to get more of that from God. You know what there's a shortage of? There's not a shortage of anything in heaven, but on earth there's a shortage of empty vessels. 
There's a shortage of empty vessels. When there was no longer an empty vessel, the oil ran out, and fasting is one of the ways that empties your vessel. Oh, there's a lot of vessels in here, but not all of us are empty because the world fills us up with stuff. And sometimes it's we welcome that and we engage in that. And sometimes it's just, hey, we're in the world. And we get full of worldly stuff and we get full of worldly ideas and we get full of compromise and we get full of sin and we get full of wickedness and we get full of, we're watching things we shouldn't watch, we're listening to things, we're engaging and we're filling, you, you think it doesn't matter what you watch? It fills your vessel. And fasting is a way to empty those things out of your vessel, to deny those things from your life. There's no shortage in heaven. There's a shortage of empty vessels here. And fasting is a way that you empty you of you. You empty you of the things of this world. You empty yourself. Why? So that you can, like Jesus described with his disciples, fill up in a greater capacity with him and who he is. See, we need from time to time, just that alone says we shouldn't just fast in January. Can I tell you, on day, this is 21 days, on day 22, you're starting to fill back up with other stuff again. You need to be more mindful of that, though. We need to have probably more regular times of fasting in our own lives. We should set those. But listen, it empties ourselves of ourselves and things of this world. It's not trying to get more from God. It's trying to give God more of us. A new year does not, we said this already, necessarily mean a new you. But you have to make some choices. Luke 5, 36 through 38. Take a look here. This is Jesus speaking to me. He spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one that just doesn't make sense because the old one is wore out. It's not as strong. The old one doesn't look like it fits. The old one is faded. It doesn't look, it looks out of place. It just doesn't seem right. The old one makes it, otherwise the new one makes a tear. Listen to what he says. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. He just can't keep bringing the old and the new. They just don't go together. You got to let some things go. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. And we want a new year, but it's going to take a new you. It's going to take a new you. Listen, we want, God, this is a new year. It's going to be a better year. If it's a new you, if it's a better you. And fasting is one of those ways. See, here's the thing about wine, and I don't know a whole lot about wine, and I just Googled it, and of course, everything on the internet's true, so I'm going to give you some, you can trust me on this, right, Wikipedia. Uh, so new wine is still fermenting. New wine is still there, by, it's still active. It's still growing. It's still expanding. And you can't put it in the same old, same old. You, you can't put it in the old. So if you want new you, I mean, if you want a new year, I want new wine, then you got to be willing to expand. You got to be willing to be active. You got to be willing to grow because you cannot contain the new. So don't pray that prayer if you're not willing to be a new you. But if you're willing to, guess what? He'll fill you up. He'll fill you up with new wine. He'll fill you up with new power. He'll fill you up with a new anointing. But you can't keep doing what you've been doing. It has to be a new you. I, I, I love that picture. It, it has to be a new you. And, and because we want to grow. We want new activity. We, we want to expand. We, we want those things. But it can't be the same old way. It won't work. So in, back in Luke 4, again, Jesus spent 40 days fasting and praying. And I believe also meditating on the word of God. 
on the words previously recorded. And maybe he had those things memorized and he would, as a kid, go to the temple and read the scrolls. And maybe he even had access to some of that with him. But I believe in his time out there, he didn't just spend 40 days wandering the wilderness. He, he, was, he was intentional in that, in his prayer and his fasting. And I believe even maybe even going over those things in scrolls that had been previously recorded. How do you know that? Well, I draw my assumption and conclusion because when the devil comes to tempt him, Jesus responds with the authority of the word. He responds with the authority of the word. When the enemy comes to tempt him, Jesus responds with the, it tells me that he was in the word. It tells me he was meditating on the word. That tells me he spoke the word with authority. In fact, the Bible says he spoke it with authority. And that is what, listen, he wasn't just fasting and prayer. Fasting disconnects you from the world, empties you of the world, connects you to a greater capacity to God, fills you up. When you add the word to that, guess what? It changes the dynamic. And so all of a sudden, you're not just speaking the word, you're speaking the word with the authority of a believer. Let me say it this way. Some of us are just spouting the word off, and that's great. The devil knows the word too. But some of us need to spout it off with the authority of a believer who believes it to be true. It's like not just speaking the word to the, word to the devil. It's like beating him over the head with it. It's the authority. And I believe that Jesus in his time of prayer and fasting in the wilderness had the word with him because he responded out of the word. What's in you comes out. When you fast and pray, it doesn't make the Bible more anointed. It makes you more anointed. It makes you more anointed when you read it, when you hear it, and when you speak it. You're tuned in to the Spirit of God in a greater capacity. So when you read it, speak it, and hear it, it makes you more anointed. So you speak it out with greater authority and greater confidence and greater purpose. It's different. Because you have emptied yourself of yourself and filled yourself up with God. You become more anointed to use it against the enemy. You become more anointed to use it in your situations. Man, you spend 21 days of prayer and fasting and time in the word, and you start speaking the word over your marriage, you'll speak it differently. You start speaking it over your kids, you'll speak it differently. You start speaking it over your body, you'll speak it differently. It's just that, that time spent with him, you're, you're more connected. So fasting is denying yourself something for something else. Let me say it this way. It's like, and again, the, the resources are on. I don't want to take the time to explain it. On the, the website, you can see how to do that. But it, it's like you suppress something. You deny yourself something. And when you do that, it heightens something else. And so uh, it's a medically proven fact. It's a scientifically proven fact. That if you lose or suppress one of your senses, your other senses are heightened. Correct? Right? You know that. And let's use the example of, of your eyesight. If you lost your eyesight or those who have no eyesight are blind, it heightens the rest of your senses. Your hearing becomes more acute. Your, your, your sense of touch and smell, uh, all those things be, become more heightened. Now, let's translate that now into our spiritual analogy. So if you are, the, the Bible talks about, I, I think the number one way that we're connected to things of our flesh is through our eyesight. What we look at, what we read, what we see, our eyesight, I, I think, is one of the ways that we connect in a greater capacity to the flesh. So if we were to suppress something and deny something of our flesh in a capacity, it just means that some other sense, in this case, our hearing, would be heightened and increased. So if we can suppress some things of our flesh, then we can tune in to the voice of God in a greater way. It just medically, scientifically, spiritually makes sense. And so we need to learn that. There's some things, there's a lot of things. It might be food, it might be, and then let's just be honest with you since we're using the analogy of our eyes. We need to maybe fast social media. We need to fast news. We need to fast some other things so we can, it's not that God's not speaking to us. Fasting doesn't make God speak to us. Fasting makes us listen to him better. 
and heightens our hearing so we can hear his voice. Oh, that's what you've been saying the whole time. I didn't know. No, you didn't because you had all these other distractions. You need to empty out of yourself. You need to deny this over here so you can tune this in in a greater capacity. And here's a fun fact for you. Again, I, I studied all this on Google. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's two parts of your body that grow always from the time you're born to the time you're die that, that have the ability to grow. One of them is your nose. It has the, my mom's laughing. And is it my profile shot right there? I don't know. It has the ability to continue to grow, but it doesn't always. Thank the Lord. <laughs> okay, the other part is what? Your ears, right? You already know that. It's scientifically, your ears are the part of your body that grows from birth to death. It's always growing cartilage and stuff. And that's why the older you get, the bigger your ears are. Praise the Lord. I can't wait, right? I'm getting there. Well, that and your shrinking. I don't, I don't know. I'm just getting. Look at your neighbor and say, my, what big ear? No, don't say that. I'm just kidding. Um, so let's, but, but here's what we know. All, all joking aside, the reality is we know in the natural, the bigger our ears get doesn't mean the better our hearing is, right? I mean, it just doesn't. But understand this in a spiritual sense, right? Let's take the spiritual analogy side of it now. Every year, our spiritual ears should be growing. Every year, how, 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 how do you tune in? I, I have the ability, because I, I have the ability to grow every year in hearing the voice of God. What, what is it gonna take for me? It's gonna take for me suppressing, suppressing another thing in my life to be able to hear better or more clear over here because I have the capacity to grow my hearing every year. And listen to me, saints that are seasoned, you know this to be true because the older they are, the more you know the voice of God. And that's why the older need to invest in the younger and teach and train those things. And that's why teenagers, parents know a little bit more, not just experience, but they've learned to listen and not just grow in a sense from other things in their life, but grow that, that ability to hear God. Now, let me say it this way. Parents, that's why you need to fast. How about that one? Because you need to increase your ability to hear from God so you know how to parent your teens in this crazy world we live in, or your kids, and for ourselves, and for our marriage. And so we need to understand this very powerful principle because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And when you fast and pray, you get tuned into what God's saying. And listen to me, God says you're not a failure. Doesn't matter what 2019 was, how it went. God says you're not a failure. You're not a disaster. Your year might have been, but you're not a disaster. God says you're not going under. You're going over. God says you're going to be blessed. He's going to bless you. God says this doesn't have to be like last year. God says you don't have to cry over the past. Behold, I'm doing a new thing now. You don't have to wait. I'm doing it now. Can you not hear it? Can you not perceive it? Well, some of us can't because we haven't positioned ourselves to or we haven't suppressed something else that's been a distraction. But you need to hear what God says, what God is saying. It's important to hear that because God's speaking to us all the time and we need to position ourselves to hear him better. We need to tune him in, tune in our spiritual ears to hear and believe what he has for our life. When you fast, let me say this, when you fast, you need to give extra time, extra time to the word. Fasting without prayer in the word is just a religious ritual. Fasting without prayer in the word is just a diet, a cruel, mean diet. <laughs> but it gives you extra time. You replace that. That time that you would have been spent engaged in something else, you engage it in the word, or you engage it in prayer, you engage it in worship. But that should be extra on what you're already doing. 
Fasting heightened, listen, fasting heightened Jesus' awareness to his identity and purpose. The devil came to Jesus in the wilderness and attacked his identity and purpose. So if the devil came to attack the identity and purpose of Jesus, don't you think he will attack the identity and purpose of you? Because the devil said to him out there when he was on prayer and fasting, the devil said, if you are the son of God, he was attacking his identity. And Jesus responded with the word. Jesus responded with the authority of the word. He, he went to, G, the devil went to Jesus and he, he attacked his purpose. He said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you authority over all the kingdoms. He, he attacked his, his mission, his purpose. And Jesus used the word of the authority of the word. So understand, fasting heightens your awareness of your identity and your purpose. It helps you know who you are and it helps you know your purpose. Let's take a look at Luke 4.14. Here's what it says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. So understand something. Up until this point, Jesus lived on the planet for 30 years. He was the son of God. He was the son of man. He had purpose inside him. He had power inside him. Amen? But he hadn't performed any miracles. He hadn't done any of those things. He goes, gets baptized. Then he goes on the fast. The Bible says that he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look how he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, before this, Jesus had anointing and he had purpose and he had mission and vision. He went into the fast with internal power. And when he came out of the fast, he returned with the power of the Spirit. He, he, he went in with internal power and he came out with external power. He came out of the 21, I mean, the 40 days of prayer and fasting with external power. You have, if you are saved and born again, you have an internal power because of who you are in Christ. You have a mission. You have an anointing. You have a purpose. But I will tell you, if you'll go into 21 days and pray and fast, that which is inside will come outside. The internal power will become external power. It worked that way for Jesus. He hadn't done a miracle yet. All of a sudden, he goes to 40 days of fasting, and something happens. That internal purpose and power becomes external for 30 years. And now he goes and comes back, and what was internal becomes external. He, and then he goes down, the Bible says, and he goes down the road to the synagogue, picks up a scroll, the Isaiah 61 scroll, and reads it. That wasn't the reading for the day. But Jesus went and picked up the scroll. He sat there, he stood there, rather, and he read it. And listen to what he read, Luke 4, 18 to 19. Here's what he read. He picked up the, it wasn't the normal reading of the day, but he picked up intentionally the Isaiah 61 scroll, and he read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. This is after he went down 40 days of prayer and fasting. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recovery of sight to the blind, to set the liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What was internal now became external. Come on, church. There's things that are inside of us that have yet to come out on our mission and purpose that are just waiting for you and I to engage in 21 days of prayer and fasting. The things that he has put inside of us, the things, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the ability. The, the things that will happen impacting, changing people's lives. Lives will be changed. Captives will be set free. People will be healed when you come out of the 21 days. You don't come out how you went in. You come out full of the Holy Ghost and power. That which is inside comes outside. Listen, that's important to know. That's important to know. When you come out of these 21 days from now, what is internal is going to become external. You'll return in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, for some of you, you have an internal picture of a loved one who's not saved yet. For some of you, you have an internal picture of a marriage restored, but yet it's still broken. For some of you, you have a picture 
of a teenager that's hooked on drugs, but your picture is for them to be free. For some of you, you have and you a, a picture of a healed body, but yet you have symptoms in your life. For some of you, you have an internal picture that is just waiting to come out and the power to come and be released in your life to see that thing that is internal become external. For God to change things. Not, not exactly to change the situation, he's gonna change you and your ability. Some of us will see things happen that we've been believing for internally and pictures of internally for years, but when you enter into that time and you empty yourself of yourself, you empty that vessel out and you fill yourself up more on God, you come out full of the power of the Holy Spirit and you have then the ability to see things change. When you come out of that, we need to have our internal picture become our external picture. John 44, I'm sorry, 431. 32. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat, talking to Jesus. Can I tell you right now that the moment you decide, the moment you decide that you're going to fast, you're going to be hungry. You're going to have lunch today, go out there and load up on brisket. And on the way home, it's like, man, I didn't believe I could eat so much. I think we should fast. All of a sudden hunger is going to come. <laughs> Can I tell you when you, when you sit on the couch and you decide to fast, the food network's going to come up on your TV and you don't even have food network. It's like, what? Where's that, where'd that come from? Every commercial you see about food, all of a sudden you're going to have be interested in it. I don't even like Subway, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, honey, I feel like we should go to Subway and get a 12-inch sub. It's like everything. Your friends are going to invite you out to eat. They never, they never invited me. They never invite us over the house for dinner. They never, they never do that. Everything, you're gonna, I don't even like this stuff, and I'm craving it all of a sudden. Can I tell you? You're going to want to eat, but don't do it if that's what your fast is. You know what I mean by that. And you need to use wisdom in that too, by the way. I know some of you work really hard. You need energy. I, I get Don't be unwise. And listen, we're not legalistic about it. It's the principle. And God sees your heart and sees your intent. And if you miss it or blow it a day, pick it back up the next day. No guilt, condemnation. Pick it back up. But listen, even they told Jesus, aren't you going to eat? But he said to them, I have food to eat, which you don't even know. And in verse 34, he says, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Listen, your will is to do that which he sent you to do the will of God. You're fasting to do what God's asked you to do. You're fasting to become the person God's asked you to become. You're fasting to finish the work of God. And we're calling a 21-day fast because God has a mission that we at Tree of Life are here to finish and to be on, and we need everybody working together. We need all of us to fast and to pray 21 days to finish the work God has called us to something greater than ourselves. And when that is our motivator, we can push through those times of hunger. We can push through those times of cravings. You know what becomes our, uh, my wife, the hardest thing for my wife and I to fast are chips and, chips and salsa, right? You know what becomes our chips and salsa? We want to do the will of God. You know what becomes our Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper? We want to finish his work. You, you know what becomes the sugar that I crave, that we crave? We, we want to see people's lives changed. We, his will is what fills our, our hunger, if you will, our, our spiritual hunger, maybe even our natural hunger, if you will. That's to do the will of the Father, to finish his work here on the earth, finish his work. We're going to do that. Our meat, my meat, the next 21 days is to do the will of the Father who sent us and to finish the work. Fasting is emptying ourselves so God can pour in. Mark 9, 28. Let's take a look at this. I got two more scriptures and then we'll close this out. And so here's a moment where a man brought his demon-possessed son to, to Jesus' disciples for them to cast out the spirit, the evil spirit. And, and let me just say, we, we live in an evil world. And I don't want to get all super whatever on you, but listen, the reality is there's real demonic activity in the earth. I mean, turn on the news, right? 
Oh, no, just go to the grocery store. No, drive down 35. No. And if you see me, just keep going like you don't know me. Um, there's real, this is real, this is real stuff. And just because you don't believe it to be so doesn't make it so. It's true. And so the disciples tried to cast this, and they had done other things. They had seen other things, they had done other things, and this they could not do. And so he says, they asked Jesus, why could we not cast it out? And verse 29 says, so he said to them, this kind come out only by nothing but prayer and fasting. Matthew 17 says, Jesus kind of rebuked him and said, oh, you perverse generation, you're so connected to the world. It's because of your unbelief, you're not connected to God like you should. Oh yeah, you've been following me, but you're connected in some capacity to the world. You need to check it. And yeah, you've been following me, but you're not listening or you're not believing like you should. So you need to connect in a greater capacity. Do you see what's happening here? It says, And then he says, this kind, this kind come out only by prayer and fasting. What I find interesting is this kind, can I tell you, we live in a world of this kind? No, we, we live in a world of real deal, demonic activity, if you will, this kind. And this kind only comes out through fasting and prayer. We live in a world where this kind may be worse than ever. We live in a world where this kind of addiction is destroying our young people with opiates. We live in a world where this kind of access to the internet and pornography is destroying people every day in relationships. We live in a world where this kind of hatred and prejudice is dividing our people and our country. We live in a world where this kind of suicide rates are increasing every day. We live in a world where this kind of depression is running rampant. And this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Maybe we're not seeing some of the things that we should be seeing because we're not taking the time to do the spiritual discipline of fasting and praying and emptying ourselves ourselves. Because people, I'm just, I'm your, this kind only comes out this way. If you're struggling with some things in your family and your marriages and your kids and some things, just maybe it's one of these kinds that you need to do something new. And it just might be to engage in a spiritual discipline of fasting and prayer. Because we live in a world where this kind is worse than ever before, I believe. These kinds may not have responded to a natural means, but they will respond to supernatural means. But this kind response for a Christ follower is to fast and pray. And to a parent, can I say, to a parent, this kind in your kids may only come out through your prayer and fasting. And can I say, can I say to a teenager in here today, this kind of what you're dealing with may only come out through prayer and fasting. And can I talk to a child today, a kid? Can I say to children today, this kind, whatever that is, may only come out through prayer and fasting. And yeah, because I don't believe that fasting is just relegated to an age. God sees our heart and our intent. In fact, we challenge our teens and our kids to find things, they can find things to fast. It might be video games, it might be other things like that. You know what I'm saying? But can I say that? This kind, we live in a world where this kind is bigger and worse than maybe ever before. And maybe the only response for you and I is through prayer and fasting. Some of the, some of the divorce statistics we say, we see, the broken marriages, this kind, may only come out through prayer and fasting. It's true. That's what the Bible says. We get that out of our lives and we welcome, we welcome the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit comes to, to breathe here. The Holy Spirit comes to live here. And that's what we're believing to see the next 21 days. So you got you, you to gotta, you gotta make some room so you can be free. And Jesus said to the unclean to come out. And he said fasting and prayer sometimes is what gets out this kind. And I'm going to close with this. I want to I explain it. I want you to hang in there for a minute because I know I've gone over but this is so important. I want you to hear this. Matthew 12, 44 through 45. Actually, 43, thank you. I didn't put 43 in there. I asked him to do that, so thank you. And we're talking about this kind. We're talking about spiritual activity. And so understand, spiritual activity has to be dealt with spiritual activity. And so he says this. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. And then goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself to enter and dwell there. And to which most of us would say, oh, well, we don't want that. (laughs) I'm not going to follow God. I'm not going to do that. To which I would say, what happens in this scenario, if you will, and what we've been talking about this whole time, is when we fast and pray that spiritual discipline, when we empty our house of the things that don't belong there, when we empty our home, when we sweep it clean, that's our fasting part. But our prayer part is then we're inviting the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to fill the house, to be in the house. So you may have had a tenant in there that's evil and is there illegally, and you need to kick him out, and then you need to invite in the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in your house. and you need the holy spirit because here's what the bible says because that evil spirit then will go find seven other friends stronger than him and they'll come back more fierce than they did before but listen don't worry i don't care if it's seven or 70 or 700 or 7 million you only need one holy spirit in you to kick him out of your house and to keep him out so we need to Kick him out of our marriage. Kick him out of our family. Kick him out of our body. Kick him out of our mind. Kick him out of our finances. Kick him out of our life. Kick him out of our business. And invite the Holy Spirit in through our prayers to come and dwell here. And so when that devil comes knocking on your door, Holy Spirit, could you go get that, please? Could you go answer that? And the Holy Spirit, not here, not here today, devil. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, not 2020. No, you are no longer welcome here. This is not your house. This kind. Some of us have had him living with us for too long. This year, let's clean house. This year, let's clean house. Let's kick him out. Let's kick him out. Let's invite the Holy Spirit in. Let's start the year off that way. I just want to encourage you. I want to call the whole church. Every one of us. You call this place home. You don't call this place home. You're visiting all of us call to time of prayer and fasting. Let's kick the devil out of our house. Let's invite the power and person of the Holy Spirit in. And let's see what this year will be like then, because it'll be bigger and better than you ever thought or dreamed. New year, new you. So let's start it off right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope today, I'm so thankful for your patience, but I had to get some things out. My heart, my hope today was that as we go into this new year, we'll look at the things that we can do to be a new you. There's things that we are expected, uh, as expected of us to do that God has established. He's done his part. We just need to do our part. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us 
at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.